So quite often, I'm uh, in a parking lot or an airport where I'm not familiar with the area. So I park my car, and then you come, I come back, and I'm like, where'd I park it? So where's my car? Uh, uses GPS and also allows you to take a photo of the area that you you parked your car in, and will give you a walking map back. So right now we're inside. I haven't parked my car yet. So it'll give it give us an area location of where it roughly thinks. Because we're indoors, it can't get a proper GPS lock yet. But let's let's park the car a bit further away. So let's park it by one of the Microsoft buildings. So it's going to go take a uh, snapshot of the car and give me a walking path back. So I'm also going to take a photo. So really quick, I'm going to go take a knowledge chamber photo, put that in there. So now I have the walking path plus where my car is. So now I can still go click the map. It tells me roughly the accuracy of where it thinks I am and how far I am from the car. So I can move around, figure out how to get back there. And we're going to talk about that application, plus a lot of the aspects of developing Windows Phone applications with Clint Rutkus. Thanks for joining us, Clint. Thank you. Now, we saw you showing this application off, that the, this Find My Car, yeah. where, Where's My Car application. Um, what actually prompted the development of that, that app? Well, I, I used to do a lot of traveling when I was uh, in the field at Microsoft, so I would always leave my car at a random you know, parking lot in some state, and then it's like, where did I park it? And because you know one car parking lot looks almost exactly like the other one, and you're like, was I on, you know, floor two, floor eight? Uh, was I parked next to you know a red car? Was there some? Uh, uh, was I in this parking lot or that parking lot? Because if you're going to the airport, you occasionally have to park in different parking lots. So by having an app that it both lets you take a picture and create a uh, and gives you the GPS location of it in the uh, a route back to your car it made life a lot easier for me uh, to figure out where's, where's my car. So, so you wrote this application for where's my car? No, uh, a coding for fun author actually did. I, I helped out in some areas, but pretty much the entire app is written by uh, Arian Culp, who's uh, done lots and lots of work for coding for fun. And, and what, what exactly is coding for fun? So coding for fun is a community-run blog. Uh, I just help oversee it and help out uh, and. Whatnot, and the entire goal is to do cool, fun applications. You know, SharePoint's great, but we don't talk about SharePoint. Um, it's all about like uh, Brian Pete just released a Motion JPEG library because lots of people have network cameras. But then, how do you actually bring in that uh, that MJPEG into your application? So we we try to take and do the hard stuff, so then you guys can do the fun stuff. And uh, Brian. Brian Peake, another example that he wrote was the, the Wiimote library. Uh, we wrote a Twitter uh, World of Warcraft add-in called uh, Tweetcraft. It's just, we, we constantly just try to cr create fun applications and then we open source them so then the community can then take that source code and hopefully make uh, some really cool, interesting apps. And, and some of these apps are on the phone and some applications are yeah. standard Windows applications? Yeah, so Coding Fun's been around since I believe 2005. Uh, we recently just put it on ch Channel 9, so it's kind of funny. It's been in all these different areas, but then the same couple people always have been behind the, 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 the craziness with uh, Coding for Fun. But, yeah, so the applications are from, you know, do XNA, Windows, uh, phone. It doesn't matter the, the underlying platform. 
it's all about just doing some cool, cool stuff with technology. Hardware, software, doesn't matter. Yeah, have you yourself actually written Windows Phone applications too? I have. Uh, I wrote Fake Call. Uh, internally, we have uh, an app that I created during a meeting called the Channel 9 uh, Meeting Card app, where you know, it's like, is this a rat hole conversation, a conversation that's going nowhere? Um, I also created a Coding for Fun toolkit, which is, con with, which is full of random controls. Oops, didn't mean to do that. Um, that is full of random controls that we've created making the applications, uh, the Coding for Fun applications. We made about 10 of them. And then we package them all up and then release them to the web. And we're constantly revving and fixing little, little items that people find as bugs. And if the community says, hey, we really need this control, if, if I'm able to, I'll build that control. Yeah, I mean, I mean from a control standpoint, um, people that are familiar with the early days of Windows programming, I mean, Windows had a set of standard controls, or like radio buttons and buttons yeah. and checkboxes and stuff like that. But people are always wanting something a little bit different than that, whether, you know, the, the combo box was not really originally part of the Windows controls. And I'm assuming the same things with the Windows Phone now here. It has a lot of good controls in it, but there's probably some, some slightly geeky controls that people are finding a need to. Yeah. And so you're providing um, those? That and, like, so there is also the Silverlight Toolkit, which is uh, done by the Silverlight team, which adds in a lot of, um, I'm going to use the term system controls. So an example of a system control would be the, what's called the list picker. Um, and that's when you like go select uh, your color theme in your, in your phone, and you'll get the little pop down. Or if you select the current time zone, and you'll get this entire message that swings up. Those are system controls, but didn't exist in the default tooling in Visual Studio when you download the, uh, the the toolkit, or I'm sorry, the phone tools. So the Silverlight team then built those tools out and released them as open source uh, controls. Um, I view mine as slightly complementary to those. Uh, there's there's things where building out coding for fun apps like one control that every app has to have kind of is an about dialogue. So coding for fun apps all have the same dialogue, helps take care of version number, helps take care of the um, uh, attribution, support email. And by having this control now, anyone who, w who needs an about control puts it in, does, wires itself up, uh, creates a nice little pop-up effect. It's, it's just one of those things where I don't think the Silverlight team would ever build that, out that control, but it's a useful item. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, it's got templated data and stuff like that that's yeah. pulling out. It's not just a radio button or no, some sort of No, it's, uh, it's, I, the coding for one, the coding for phone one is a bit more stylized, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, I made the generic one able, so all you have to do is add in a couple uh, controls, and you can easily get the style that the coding for phone for fun one is, um, and you can use it in any way you want. So, uh, because I made it, I tried, I should say, I tried to make it generic, so then it's not just useful for me, it's useful for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how difficult is it to write an application for Windows Phone? Uh, to write an application, it's pretty, pretty easy. All you need to do is go to Visual Studio, or first download the, the phone tooling, go to, you know, new project, and I'll also make sure that in the description of this episode, I'll include a link of where you can download the phone tooling uh, for anybody out there that has create it. It's create.msdn.com. Uh, so now I have the default templating for uh, an application. I'm just going to go test uh, knowledge. 
and hope I spell knowledge correctly. <clears throat> so now it's creating the entire template. I'm going to unlock my phone again. And so you get your phone plugged in via USB port to so, your to yeah. your laptop. So I do have a developer unlocked phone, which means you have to have a marketplace account. So I'm gonna if you don't have it, you can deploy to the emulator. But really quick, I'm just gonna deploy to my device. So here, hit a five. It's gonna compile the application really quick, and then download it into the phone. So deploy succeeded. There you go. Starting up. And Splash there you go. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an easy way of developing an application. Uh, if you go on the emulator mode, you would have seen the emulator on the screen. Yeah. Um, and then you just take and add the code. And, and we're using Silverlight, right? For yeah, that deal. was a Silverlight application. You can also do applications in XNA. Mm -hmm. So, like the, the application you did, uh, Where's My Car? Um, yes. You develop that application, you deploy it in this fashion. And then when you actually want to send it to the marketplace, which is where people actually find it then, yes. um, how difficult is that process? It's, it's once again, fairly uh, painless. All you have to do is, once again, go to create.msdn. <coughs> Click the little sign-in button. It's going to take you to Live ID. So I'm going to go log into my uh, Coding for Fun account. Go to Dashboard, Phone. I'm going to click Submit a New App. And here, <coughs> here, you put in application name, the platform, which is Windows Phone 7, your version number. You click that, upload your zap file, and then uh, you get a couple additional prompts, such as you know how much you want to charge for the application, um, screenshots, description, keywords. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a total of like three small little wizard Oh, there you go. It actually says description, artwork, pricing. Click submit. They uh, do some tests on it to verify it's not malicious, it's not doing anything it shouldn't do, um, and meets marketplace guidelines, and and then it hits marketplace. So it's not an immediate available uh, marketplace. I've had apps put into marketplace in under 24 hours. Oh, really? That's pretty good. And so, so your application then would be up on marketplace. So I can take and go to my phone, um, unlock it. Do a search on where's my car. And if in marketplace I search on where's my car, I actually see two where's my car application. Um, one uh, looks like they're charging three dollars for, and, and yours is free. Yeah. So um, all coding for fun applications that we do produce are open source and free on marketplace. And uh, so from here I can install it. There's screenshots. There's also. Yeah. Well, let's see, one, one and a half stars on here? Yeah, and so there's a, a currently here. a bug that... It looks like people are having trouble actually finding their car using Where's My Car. So with, with the application, we had um, I made a faulty assumption in it where um, I was under the impression that the GPS, our GPS stack acted differently because I live in an urban environment. So I live in Seattle where there's lots of cell phone towers and it's easy to get triangulated. So a GPS works great. Uh, the nice thing about AGPS, assisted GPS, is it's extremely quick. It's almost instant, so you get an, an instant lock. Now, in a rural area, because then the cell, cell towers are placed further apart, it, it's a lot harder to get a, uh, a decent triangulation. And then your, your, where you are is a lot worse. So we, uh, by switching into the GPS high mode, high uh, resolution mode, it allowed then the GPS to kick in 
and get a fight uh, a tighter spot where now so so GPS has two different ways that it's doing a triangulation through cell phone towers as well yeah. as the satellite GPS yeah and so the satellite it, GPS is is probably a more of a battery drain yeah. than the satellite tower, and so we don't always kick in that automatically. Well, it, it's not so much it kicks it in, it's do you need the resolution. Um, clearly, my assumption was wrong, uh, and we're, we corrected that, and now we even say, this is, the resolu- this is the accuracy we believe you're in this circle within, you know, 20 meters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have issues finding where you are within 20 meters, You've I, got I, other can't, problems. Maybe, I, maybe I can't help too much there. But yeah, I can d- definitely see if it was like three thousand meters, that that is a decent sum of uh, area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by doing that change, and we also added in a couple other little tweaks and made it uh, a lot more uh, robust would be the word I'd use. And so you've submitted that that updated version. Yeah, to the we just submitted it. Okay, so that means anybody that downloads a new version will get the one that's got the proper yes, GPS yes. conversion. Uh, that's the nice thing about Marketplace is all I have to do is submit an update. You're, you'll get a little icon on your Marketplace icon, uh, uh, tile with how many updates are there. Click it, hit update, and it just updates everything. So then a good thing that since you've only got right now one and a half stars on your application, hopefully if, we'll go back If everybody up. watching the show would download the application, or if you've already got it installed, make sure you get the update to it, give some tests of it, and then provide Clint and his Coding for Fun folks some better reviews, that'll up the stars on it. I mean, it is a free application after all. Yeah, and, so, I, and I mean, that's the, the catch-22 with free, free applications is... Um, Everyone can download and everyone then can can submit feedback. So, yes, we are aware there was a problem, um, but I, I have a day job also. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not making money on this application. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, there are applications that were created as kind of source examples, but at the same time we wanted to build out real applications that are useful. So, like, one of my favorite uh, applications that I use is super simple. It's called uh, uh, How Much Is This Meeting Costing Us? Because I, I, I like to demonstrate how much, you know, hey, this is time being spent. There's multiple people be, uh, people being here. Let, let's respect other people's time and get it going. Uh, another one that my favorite that I actually made was uh, Fake Call, where if you're in a bad date or bad meeting, go, oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, uh, Bill Gates is calling me, I, I gotta go. Um, that has never happened. Uh, <laughs> How often you had to use that on a date, though? Twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another really cool app uh, is called uh, PickFX, which was uh, Renee Schultz's app that actually uh, became Picture Lab, which is one of the top applications in Marketplace. So I'm kind of proud to say one of my boys is, is highly ranked. That's good. That's good. And, and it's a free application? Uh, PickFX is free. Uh, but Picture Lab, I believe, is two dollars in marketplace, okay. maybe a dollar. Uh, it, I, I know it costs something. So, I mean, one of the benefits of sounds of marketplace is allows developers who are just tinkering around with tools and ideas to post a full free application out there, and all the rest of us can make use of it. But yeah. if you've really got a solid application, you've spent time and dedication to to create. Well, you can, you can charge, charge or um, you can actually do ad support on the applications as well. Um, so that's another p- potential revenue source is making your application free but putting ads on it, and then that will help uh, get you revenue as well. There's different way, like there's different forms of making money. It's not just uh, going direct. 
and, and hoping people will download it. Another key thing with uh, marketplaces, you can actually do trial applications as well. So it's not just... In fact, I think that's required, isn't it, of all purchase apps? I believe so. I, I mean, that makes sense. I, I, like I said, I cannot speak to that point because I did not... I have yet to actually create a paid app. Well, maybe one of these days you will. If, if you were to buy an application, what's, an, what's the type of application you would buy for the phone? Um... It depends, honestly. I, I, I like applications that I find useful. Um, so, sadly, I think Coding for Fun created most of the applications I would use. Uh, <laughs> lots, you know, fun games um, and, and things that, like, people make fun of the farting apps, but it's funny because, like, you can go in and make, you know, farting noises, and it cracks me up. I'd but pay would you, a dollar would you, for that. Would you pay for a farting application? I'd though. pay a dollar for a farting app. <laughs> I don't know if I would. I, mean, I, I think the key thing with the phone, you know, whether, whether it's our phone or any other phone or any tool like that, is is having applications that actually help us with our momentary needs. Uh, whether yeah. it's um, getting our jobs done, whether it's getting our family life things done, managing our information, yeah. our contacts. Like to me, like the Amazon application is useful. Um, the Flickr app. I mean, the problem is most of my apps are free. Uh, One bus away, which is for the bus system in Seattle. I use um, the Twitter app, Facebook, Netflix. Um, there's an application called Simply Stopwatch that I love because it's just it's a simple stopwatch application. Um, uh, unit, a unit converter app, um, Weatherbug, or Weather.com. You know, mm -hmm. pick your choice for which weather application you want to use. Okay. So, what's your next application to develop then? So we have an application called uh, How Drunk Am I? We showed this off at PDC. It's a, it's a simple, fun app uh, that is 100% not supposed to test your sobriety. It's just for fun. Um, and even in the thing, it says, disclaimer, not a real sobriety test. Get Call a taxi. Um, but it, basically, it, it shows how to use an uh, ink panel and you trace shapes that are XAML uh, shapes, and then it does calculations to see how close you are to at the actual border. And based on a, uh, some calculations, it will give you a score saying, hey, you're about this score, we think you're sober. Hey, you know, you, you totally missed all the lines, you're, how are you even legally alive? <laughs> um, so that application was written by Tim Nolan. Uh, great fun little application right now we're just doing the final tweaks to verify that the game the code is good but now we have to make it fun and useful for for normal people because it's creating you know engineering samples easy creating engineering samples that people can use other people outside of developer yeah want to use outside of developers that's a bit hard yeah. harder um and that's what the uh, coding for fun is trying to do is make applications that normal people can use but are still useful toward developers. Okay. Well, thanks, Clint. I appreciate the insights to some of the coding for fun applications you've written. The, the the where's my car application, which will be updated on marketplace as we speak, and be able to get yep. a better version of it. And this new application you're talking about of uh, how drunk am I yep. that will soon be available on marketplace. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, there's if you are an inspiring developer for Windows Phone. Uh, you can go to silverlight.codeplux.com and get those additional controls um, or codingforfun.codeplux.com if you'd like to check out the Coding for Fun toolkit as well. Uh, they're both very useful. I highly suggest the Silverlight toolkit. Okay, thanks, Kim.
Hopefully that gave you some insights about the Windows Phone development environment, how you can develop your own applications for Windows Phone, or even find some applications existing on the marketplace. We'd like to see a whole lot of great applications available for phone that you can use, I can use, and Clint can use. Thanks for joining us.